We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Now it's time for Inside the Clubhouse, a show dedicated to the Chicago baseball fan, featuring the best Chicago baseball conversation as well as the big MLB topics, along with the biggest names, greatest guests, and listener interaction. Starring Score Baseball Insider Bruce Levine and Matt Spiegel. It all starts right here, right now, on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago's sports station. Good Saturday morning to you, indeed. It is Inside the Clubhouse, 52 weeks a year of baseball conversation, brought to you mostly by our man Bruce Levine here on 670 The Score. What's up, Bruce? Good morning, Matt. Welcome back. Uh, I know you had a fun baseball experience with your stepdaughter, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk about it, and you will throughout the weekend. And uh, we uh, have watched some Interesting baseball, some on the field, some off the field, both with the Cubs and White Sox. We'll discuss it with you at 312-644-6767. Text Matt at 670-11. This is an interactive baseball show. It's Chicago baseball, but we do talk all the other 28 teams. And uh, the Chicago Cubs have been the story for the last uh, two weeks. And Chris Bryant, certainly the main guy. But before we get to that, Matt... Inside the Clubhouse brought to you by Max and Benny's in Northbrook, your home for the best food in Chicagoland. Here's the checklist. The best deli, no doubt. The best restaurant, certainly. The finest bakery on the North Shore, without question. Max and Benny's has full dinners from 4 to 9 p.m. seven days a week, featuring all the staples and the freshest whitefish and salmon in the city. The greatest soups warm the body and the soul. Spacious private party rooms and meeting rooms accommodate 10 to 150 Catering is king at Max and Benny's. Contact John at MaxandBenny's.com. 30 minutes from downtown, 30 minutes from the Wisconsin border. Only Max and Benny's where the corned beef sandwiches are piled as high as a Chicago skyscraper. So are the home runs from Chris Bryant. Six of them last night for the team. Three from Bryant in three consecutive innings against three different relief pitchers. Seventh, eighth, and ninth from Bryant. He says he is on time right now and he knows he's been hitting the ball hard for what about a month and and we, we even before the results started to come but now he says he's on time and he's going up there feeling very very comfortable he now has 11 home runs tied for the team lead after that explosion last yeah, night and he's tied with Tommy now too <laughs> Tommy Lastella, man, those guys. I was reading this week; they're hanging around the clubhouse watching Angels games. Like, oh yeah, here he goes. Baez is like, he's going to walk it off. Here he goes. Tommy Lastella's on fire. Uh, it is. It's fun to watch the Cubs when they hit home runs, and uh, they're in the. They're among the league leaders in baseball now in home runs in the National League. Only uh, trailing the Brewers and the Dodgers. The Cubs have sixty-seven. Brewers 75, Dodgers 74. Uh, your your league leaders are, uh, your, your major league leaders are Seattle with 87, Houston 84, Minnesota 81. But um, the Cubs, uh, three guys, as you said, 11 home runs or more, Contreras and Baez in there. So 
They are a fun team to watch. The um, magic of their hitting, uh, they, what they wanted to do as far as moving the ball around and hitting home runs has worked uh, very well under this current hitting coach, Anthony Iposi, along with Joe Madden stepping in as well. You know, uh, without Anthony Rizzo, um, it is one thing. With him last night and with Kyle Schwarber having the game that he did leading off, one through five feeling pretty, pretty damn good, especially two through five, those four guys. If those four guys are this good, um, playing the way they are, then that can be enough. A lot of nights, that can be enough. You just get them to do their thing. Yeah, it can be, but you're going to have to have as a support. You know, you remember the beginning of the year, the, the reason that the, the Cubs were able to stay afloat was because Baez, Contreras, Hayward carried the offense, okay? It wasn't Bryant. It wasn't Rizzo. Uh, those three guys were carrying it. Now, You've seen uh, Hayward drop off and, and and pretty far down there over the last three weeks. Uh, you're hoping that this is, as you mentioned, uh, Matt, uh, Schwarber stepping up and starting to fulfill what most people have wanted him to fulfill over the last two or three years, and that is, yeah, the on-base tool is there. We know that, but um, starting to uh, slug and starting to contribute the way that they think he can. Last night, that's that's one of the great at-bats of Schwarber's life, that 13-pitch at-bat. And I was on the couch watching after I went to the, went to the White Sox game and spent five innings there in that, in that brutal weather. And um, we'll certainly talk some White Sox in a few minutes here. But watching Schwarber, all of those pitches were low and outside. Like a bear claw um, and, and was staying right there with fastball, change-up, Couple of breaking balls, but mostly going back and forth fastball. Lots of change up right there, low right. and outside, and that's where pitch thirteen was too. It was a fastball, and Schwarber adjusted and hit it. it. Hit a bomb the other way. It was tremendously impressive, knowing exactly where they were going. Adam last night, and and then Brian hits the solo homer right after that in the rolling. But that Schwarber up bat was crazy. Three one two six four four six seven six seven is our number for inside the clubhouse. Text Matt at six seven eleven, and it, you're right. The uh, the at bats and and watching uh, Bryant uh, especially uh, through this uh, mash the ball and um, hit three balls into the bullpen uh, you know three mm-hmm. three of his home runs into the there and the way that he's you know I think it's ten home runs in the last what you know twelve or thirteen games something like that it's it's been so impressive uh, a lot of people uh, in our business have to eat a lot of crow on. Uh, Bryant for the way that they said, well, you know, this year starting off like last year, um, last year ended and we don't see any end in sight. Um, you know, uh, all credit to, to Chris Bryant, who has really manned up and, and done this. And, you know, people forget that at the beginning of last year until he got hurt. I think it was exactly a year ago tomorrow. Um, I think it's he, today. I think it's a, yeah. year, a year ago today is yeah. when he had, had the slide and he hurt the shoulder. Right. I think it was the 19th. Uh, he uh, he was one of the best players in baseball at that time. Mm-hmm. So uh, 
Recovering from the injury took a full year almost. Yeah, and 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 he is fully recovered. He was fully recovered after the off season. The struggles had nothing to do with that that injury, right. other than the fact that he had changed himself because of the injury, and then it started to get in his head. Uh, no doubt, <clears throat> baseball's no, hard. No doubt. Well, he had to change himself, Matt, last year because he didn't have the left shoulder to deal with. So right. he changed his swing. He changed his approach just to be uh, effective, if not impactful, to be able to be a part of that line. Up and you, I, I think he got into some bad habits, and it took a while to clean it up. But uh, you see, Chris Bryant at his very best 2016 uh, performance almost every night now, out there. And, and maybe better. It's the highest walk rate of his career right now, it's the lowest strikeout rate of his career, it is the best OPS of his career. Um, and so, I mean, that, that that's pretty amazing. We'll see, we'll see what the pace uh, continues to be, but that's where he is. Right now, 670, the score is where you are. 670-11 is how you text us. 312-644-6767 is the phone number. Uh, I have Carl Edwards' concerns after watching that last night, uh, Bruce, because I didn't really have concerns the other night when he gave up the homer to Suarez. Suarez is a very good power hitter, hits velocity very well, and that was an opposite field homer. And then after that home run, Edwards bounced back and had a 1-2-3 inning with some nasty curveballs, including a called strike three on three and two. But last night, the balk, when he's out of sorts, that's when I worry about Edwards because we've seen that before. The balk is out of sorts and then immediately followed by a wild pitch, which could have very easily tied the game. But then it happened to take a a, a beneficial bounce and Dozier froze and they got him in the rundown. But that was was scary, Carl, for the first time since he's been back. It's a great point that you bring up, Matt, the idea that it's not the end result, it's what follows afterwards. Yes. The processing of, oh, no, I'm not confident in myself again. Right. I'm not feeling good about me. This is a guy with electric stuff. This is a guy that pitched extremely well in a championship run to a World Series. It's not like he doesn't have the resume to go out there and feel good about himself. But yet, from the playoffs in Washington in 2017 – through last year and now into this season when he was sent to the minor leagues, you can see that self-doubt. Mm-hmm. And you can see him thinking way too much out there. This is a guy that just gets the ball, throws it, has a 97, he has a great breaking ball, uh, just you know, going out there, having fun. It doesn't look always like fun for him right now. Right. And, and, and what happened on the opening weekend in Texas when all of a sudden what he'd been doing with his delivery – with the Kenley Jansen thing he had added, it all went to hell that weekend right. in Texas. He started tapping the, the 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 tapping with his foot, and that's illegal. Um, and then this last night was just a moment of like, come on, you you got to know better. You know what a balk is, and he did know it. He said right. that's on me, but it followed immediately with a wild pitch. So you worry about that. I have trouble trusting him, and, and I, I've you know, it's just. I, I, it, it's a personal thing for Carl to mentally overcome what his issues are and be confident, be calm. But boy, it's hard for me to trust him when I see him going out there. Uh, but Joe seems to keep putting him out there and keep trying to get him to believe in himself. That, that's the interesting thing about the way that Joe Madden handles players and the bullpen in particular, because of the fact that there is no doghouse when it comes to Joe Madden. It's like, oh, you failed? Well, 
that's only one time. Mm-hmm. I still believe in you. We still believe in you. You're still going out there in the seventh or eighth inning in a matchup that we think is right. Yeah. And uh, regardless of the result, we believe in you. We've seen you do this before. So you should believe in yourself. You have 97. You have a hellacious breaking ball. You can get the job done. And that's the beauty of message of a very positive uh, manager or, or somebody that uh, – the players will run through a wall for because Mm -hmm. of the fact that he doesn't put them in the back end and say, okay, you go over there, son, and and sit there until you figure this out. He's all about, hey, we believe in you. We know you can do it. Here's your next opportunity. Well, and that that has worked well for Joe his entire career. It's worked. It's great w- to have talent as well. Yeah, yes, uh, and it's worked well for a lot of a lot of players to have guys believe in them like that and just be able to know that you're going to get another chance and get another chance and get another chance. But w- with with this bullpen long term, will they add to it? I think that's among the topics that Matt and River yeah. North wants to talk about here. It's six uh, seventy. The score is what you're listening to. It's inside the clubhouse. What do you say, Matt? Hey, fellas. The Cubs, I think they need a, a reliable power arm at the back end of the bullpen. You know, obviously uh, Morrow. Matt, uh, Lee Smith is retired. Well, Morrow's not coming back. No. Um, you know, right. I would think that. Is there a sh- Look, I know I always call you and ask you about Norwood. I was really impressed with him. I know Madden likes him. He's doing pretty well in the minor leagues. Any shot he comes up? Well, the, you know, and Matt, thanks as always for your input. Uh, Matt Spiegel, they uh, they believe that they have arms, you know, like like Norwood, like um, uh, like you know Dylan um, Dylan Maples, Maples, Dakota Mathis. They, they they feel that that'll be a part of it, but I don't think in their heart of hearts they believe that's a solution to winning a championship this year. I think that it's outside of the organization right now that they're looking at. Uh, four or five guys in particular. Uh, those guys are Alex Colome from the White Sox, hmm. Shane Green from the Tigers, Will Smith from the Giants, hmm. and Ken Giles of the Toronto Blue Jays could also be on that list. Uh, they are looking at those teams. Those teams, more importantly, I've been able to identify, are watching the Cubs major and minor league teams as well. Well, that's big stuff that needs to be said out loud one more time. So you've got scouts watching the Cubs from those teams, and you've got those specific names that the Cubs are targeting as they think about bullpen additions. Now, some of those scouts are in their regular coverage. Sure. Okay? Some, for instance, many, many scouts have the American and National League Central. Okay? Mm -hmm. But uh, special assignment scouts I've been able to detect – have had got have had um, their scouts out, in particular with the Brewers and the Cubs, as far as watching them, knowing both teams are needing pitching, and looking for matchups in both the major and minor leagues. So when you see a Giant scout at a Cub and a Brewer game, and I've seen multiple. This is the third uh, the third time I've seen Giant scouts at Cub games. Mm. The last homestand. It's not just for the Cubs. It's for the Brewers as well because Bumgardner could be a, a target to go to the Brewers, okay? Will Smith could go either to the Cubs or the Brewers in a deal. So there's there's multiple reasons why I continue to see these scouts 
looking at the Cubs and the Brewers. Very interesting. We knew they were going to use a lot of different guys in their own system in the bullpen. Xavier Cedeno, when they brought him up, became the 14th different reliever used already. 14th different one. And they have the best record in baseball, I believe, since April 8th when they made those initial changes. And it was Edwards to the minors and Montgomery to the injured list. So they found Kyle Ryan. Right. And who has worked out very well. Brandon Kinsler got hit hard last night, but he's been a very nice success story. That's twice in a row, by the way. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a little troubling. Yeah. Um, as we've all been saying, hey, Kinsler's got it figured out. And then here's two bad outings in a row. It's a hard game, man. You think so? Yeah, it's a hard game. But you have 14 different guys they've used from their own right. system already. It's going to take a village, a village of relievers in inside and outside of their organization. But uh, I, I would, you know, again, I talked to the White Sox yesterday, I talked to Ricky Renteria. A story will be posted today on uh, 670thescore.com about the Cubs' interest in Colome and the idea he's 9-9. Nine and nine. Uh, He has another year of eligibility left before he's a free agent next year. If I'm the White Sox, I don't give up Colome. I, 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 why, why, why bother? And it's, and it's a great argument, Matt, because of the fact that you have Herrera, you have Colome, you are developing yeah. your starting pitchers so that they can see their games won by that bullpen and that they're just not throwing six or seven innings and seeing it go down the tube. As, so and, and that's as, very important. And, and as soon as next year, um, you're, you're theoretically going to be a contender. I mean, the White Sox should be thinking about right. it that way. You go into, you know, if, if you go out and you sign a free agent pitcher to add to your kids, and then, you know, you want guys, you're going to need guys right. at the end of your bullpen next year, and you've well, got them under control. The said and the unsaid of the White Sox. The said is we have um, a more competitive team right now. We're right there on the cusp of 500. The onset is we only have six or seven players that we project to be with this team in a year to two years right now on this team. So, therefore, do we really hold on to these veteran relief pitchers going toward July, or do we add to the uh, to the mix of the young players that we continue to need to move this thing forward. Well, they got to figure out who's going to be in that outfield. Uh, Eloy Jimenez played yeah, last I mean, night I mean, in they, Charlotte. You know, Luis Robert played last be, night in Birmingham. They're going to be there, but but right now you have to say we have six. Six guys that we can project out of the 25 that will be there in 2020, 2021. Six is also the number of hitters who came to bat last night for the White Sox before Tim Anderson. Right. And I'm including pitchers in the six. I'm including pitchers. Mm, well, we'll 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 count those during the course of the show. Absolutely. And, uh, and as as I mentioned, I, I I got a big problem with Tim Anderson hitting seventh for the tenth time last night. So we'll discuss that at some point as well. All right, Mike, Joe, Gator, Dale, we're going to hit you all on the way back. Three one two six four four six seven six seven. You can talk to Matt and me until eleven o'clock. We're going to talk to um to Todd Steverson, the hitting coach of the White Sox, Buck Martinez the broadcaster and great voice of the Toronto Blue Jays about Vlad uh, Jr. and all that he brings to Toronto. It's everything baseball here on Inside the Clubhouse. This hour on the score being brought to you by the Grand Geneva Resort and Spa, home of the Brute and the Highlands Championship Golf Courses, GrandGenevaGolf.com. It's 670 The Score. Welcome back in on 670 The Score. It's inside the clubhouse. This hour brought to you by Geneva National Resort and Club. 
in Lake Geneva. And the bottom of the hour is brought to you by Northwestern Football. Join Coach Fitz and the 17th-ranked Cats this fall at Ryan Field. Matchups include Ohio State, Michigan State, and Iowa. Season tickets on sale now at nusports.com. It is 670 the score. It is inside the clubhouse. Lots of text coming in on the conversation uh, about uh, the Cubs and uh, let's take what a, they'll let's do. Take a call. Let's uh, do it. This is Mike in Round Lake on 670 the score. What do you say, Mike? Yeah, good morning. I have a question. Uh, what's up with Mark Zagunas that the Cubs aren't playing him? If they aren't going to play him, why don't they send him to the match? Mark Zagunas is uh, kind of the right guy to have as your 25th man because you don't have to get at-bats to have him develop. That's not what you need from him. You just, you just use him as necessary, like when they had Matt Caesar in that role. I think he said it all about that, Matt. That, right. You know, he, he is the 25th man. He serves a purpose, but uh, you know, He's not going to be the difference maker for you at this particular point in time. And he will be an interchangeable part. Right. Um, it's uh, it's the score. And let's talk right now to the hitting coach of the Chicago White Sox, Bruce. As we bring in Todd Steverson from Guaranteed Rate Field before the Chicago White Sox-Toronto Blue Jays game today. Todd, thanks for taking some time. How are you today? I'm good. Bruce, how are you doing today? We are, we are both doing extremely well and uh, pleased to have you with us today. I want to talk a little bit about uh, you know the art of hitting with your group and uh, first of all uh, let, let's look at Tim Anderson because um, Matt and I have uh, had some off the air discussions about you know where he bats where he's the most uh, significantly impactful we know that's Ricky's call on a daily basis not the hitting coach or anybody else but from the perspective of um, of Tim and t- and turning tuning his game up turning up the heat on his game. What has been the difference this year as far as more contact? Well, first of all, I think uh, the commitment that he put into it this offseason and spring training coming into it, um, you know, going to his fourth year, uh, I guess third and a half, fourth year up here with us, um, you know, he's starting to understand some things that's that's going on. He was an, an athlete. In a, in a baseball uniform when he first came up here. Now he's turned into a baseball player with knowledge and and, uh, and understanding what's going on every day in this game. Situations and things like that, things that actually take time to to uh, come across in your brain and, and, and to be able to materialize in your – and um, that's what's really probably starting to be the difference. I mean, it's still a daily thing that you, you got to go – uh, in and out with them, like, hey, you know, that time they weren't trying to pitch to you or, or you know, this situation, you see the ball up more, they're trying to get the ground ball, so on and so forth. And uh, he's he starting to implement a lot of that in his game and, and, and get what they're trying to do to him and to be able to execute against it. It it's such a unique thing to be in your position, isn't it, Todd? Where you got to have relationships with all these different guys, and they all need different things in terms of instruction and conversation as well. I, I would think is Anderson a guy who needs uh, support, or does he need tough love uh, in in terms of when things are going bad for him? I think uh, I mean if you're just going with with Timmy, yeah. I mean everybody needs some tough love sometimes, and then people need support. I mean I, you're here for support first and foremost, uh, and part of the support ends up being a little bit of tough love. They're like they're <laughs> like children, you know. Um, you know you you, you got to get on them every now and then to get through it, but you, you're not going to be belligerent to them, and you're not going to you know. Um, 
you know, bring them down while you're while you're having the tough love with them. You're explaining to them this is best for you, and I'm trying to get this through to you. At the end of the day, they're gonna do it themselves, but they gotta hear it, and you gotta put it the right way. And 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 the delivery is key. You know, uh, if if you deliver the information the wrong way, then then it'll never get through to them. The mechanical side, as opposed to the uh, mental side of hitting. Um, does it go from player to player with you, Todd, as far as uh, who needs what, when, or is there a general way that you teach hitting? There's no two hitters that are the same, period. Uh, there are there are uh, fundamentals, basic fundamentals that go along with hitting that you would like to achieve, but in terms of how uh, guys' bodies move, no two guys are the same, so they are very individualistic on that level. Um, it has to be pertinent to them. Uh, it, it has to they have to understand it. Uh, sometimes one thing physically uh, will be able to fix another. Sometimes a player doesn't hear the, the, the types of physical change that you want to make. And in his brain, it sounds one way, but in your brain, it sounds another. So, yeah, the relationship between the between the hitter and, and, the, and the coach, and, and my, me and my in this case, is necessary because like, this is what I'm saying. But if you don't explain the why to the players, or if you don't explain how, ask them how they're feeling, because I'm not, I don't, I don't have a feel of their body. Only they do, and they need to have feedback to me, so I, so we can keep going with this process through physically. That is. Uh, to keep to keep uh, to keep going forward. Hey, hey, Todd, Tim Anderson has talked about um, going up there, kind of thinking curveball a little bit more, or expecting the curveball a little bit more, and then trusting himself to be fast enough to adjust to the fastball. Is it is is that something that uh, that a lot of hitters can benefit from thinking about it that way, or does it take special special hand speed and stuff like that to be able to think about it that way? Yes, it does take special hand speed, and he he's got that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you can you can go up there and, and and sit breaking ball from from time to time, depending upon what the uh, what the pitcher's fastball speed is. And uh, but you prefer to sit heater. But he's seen so many breaking balls in in his day that he's able to to uh, recognize the fastball a lot sooner because of some of the work that he's put in this offseason timing wise to be able to put himself in position to actually still to square up a fastball if he's looking breaking ball i would say the majority of the time he's going to sit fastball but he has the ability to take at bats where he can look off speed and still rotate on a fastball yes todd steverson our guest on inside the clubhouse todd uh eagle Jimenez, hopefully we'll be back with you guys early next week what progress had he made uh, for the first part of his Major League Baseball career the first few weeks? And where do you think he's going? Because, you know, on, you know, just from my perspective, it looked like he was just, you know, trying to get a feel for it, hitting the ball where it was pitched, you know, just, you know, taking what they give him. And then the power was, uh, was starting to come around a little bit. Yeah, I mean, the beginning of the season um... – was kind of a weird time for us. Uh, we played a lot of day games. Uh, we weren't able to get onto the field a lot and, and get a lot of work in because of either the day game or or weather. Um, and then you go out there and play a major league ball game, which now he's a rookie trying to figure out how how this game works. And uh, <clears throat> when he came back from his uh, bereavement, uh, he first at bat, I think. Hanging breaking ball, he got a hit up the middle, then he ended up getting hurt. But throughout that time, 
he was starting to understand. I think at one point uh, he was seeing the most breaking balls probably in baseball mm-hmm. at one point. And it's, it's not that you are. It is why are you? And um, not to say that you, you go just see a breaking ball. It's that where are you swinging at it? And are you, are you making them throw you these because you're swinging at bad ones? Um, I've always been a proponent of you create your own scout report against you. If you lay off of them, you'll get better pitches. If you swing at them, you'll keep getting them. And uh, he was starting to swing at them. And we've we've had conversations of, of look, you know, it's okay to swing at a breaking ball, but which ones are you swinging at? And I think that started to get get into his uh, brain a little bit more. Like, yeah, all right, I can see a breaking ball, but it's not the good one to swing at. And uh, it's a maturity level that, that comes with, with everyday experience that, that he was starting to have and that he will have when he gets back. Um, but with, with all that being said, he hasn't, you know, gained enough at bats really to pinpoint anything with him specifically up here right now. We know he's talented. We know he's, he's somebody that's going to be in the fold in the future for us. And we just let it need him get back up here and start playing out his career. Hey, Todd, when, when these guys arrive and they become your, your project or you become available to them, how much do you know about them uh, already as they're working through the system? And are you in touch with um, hitting coaches uh, at, at other levels to, to see if you guys have a unified message as you're dealing with these kids? Oh, yeah, we have fluid communication throughout the organization from myself through the hitting coordinator, uh, Mike Gellinger, all the way through to the hitting coach that is actually at the affiliate that the player is at. Uh, I tend to talk to them, uh, try to get a hold of them. Each, All of them would be at least about once a month uh, at, at worst-case scenario, depending upon uh, – where where the player might be, maybe I'll talk to Frankie a little bit more, AAA Frankie Manichino, because those players are, are back and forth between here and there. And then, uh, you know, I have relationships with all the hitting coaches down at the AA and, and through A-ball levels as well as the coordinator. So, um, you know, we have a state of the union kind of talk, you know, myself and, and, and the coordinator, then I just kind of make phone calls otherwise. And, yeah, I see the reports every day, and we look at every single report on every minor leaguer every day, and uh, nobody goes untouched. Trick, uh, in, a, in a metrics world where uh, OPS and walks are always talked about, you have a, you have a team that does, doesn't really walk much. It's better this year. It's, it's starting to, to move that way a little bit. But what is your philosophy about walking? What is the White Sox um, – philosophy about bases on balls and do you believe that you can teach people to walk or that it's very dangerous and hazardous to even uh, suggest uh, that people look at pitches that uh, normally they're swinging at? At its most simplest level, Bruce, most simplest level, what is what is a pitcher's job to do? People will say keep you off balance or get you out. For me, it's for him to throw a strike. You're not going to pitch at the big league levels unless you throw a strike. Okay, at the most simplest level for a hitter, my job is to, is to swing his strikes. Okay, if if he does not throw you strikes and he throws you four balls, you shall take a walk. Okay, so uh, if we stay in the zone, and and since I've got here, and 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 I will repeat to everybody, if you swing his strikes, you may not walk if you put balls in play. But if they don't throw you strikes, take the balls and take your base. Uh, it's not about going up there to walk. It's about recognizing the pitches that aren't that aren't uh, aren't good for you to uh, swing at or try to put in play. And if you don't if you don't get one uh, four of them in the uh, three of them in the bat and get four balls, take your base. Now you earn walks in this game by laying off bad pitches. 
basically that's what it boils down to. And if you swing at bad pitches, then you won't earn very many walks in your career. Do you, do you believe that you should take a guy like a Tim Anderson who is successful just with his hitting and, and not a walk guy and try to get him to walk more often? I think once they start to mature and they start to realize how they're getting themselves out more than going up looking for a walk. I'm getting myself out. I had a chance to walk while you right. swung it, you know, and 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 the process becomes, you know what, I don't have to swing at that. I don't have to swing at that oh, oh, uh slider that was on the outside part just because I knew he was throwing it. That's a waste of an at-bat. Um, how many A swings can I take here in in this uh, in this at bat, and how focused can I be from time to time? Each at bat has this individual look to it, um, and 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 you start to realize, you know what? I'm just giving away at bats, swinging at pitches out of the zone, and it's not necessary. They aren't even trying to throw me a strike. And once you recognize when they're not even trying to throw you a strike. And, and you've been getting yourself out, then you need to back up and say, "All right, let me focus and, and get myself a little more, a uh, little more narrow in this zone and, and a little more focused." That's great stuff. How interesting it must be then, Todd, to have a guy like Yuan Moncada, who's a, who's a different, a different animal, a guy who is who was patient to a fault uh, last year in terms of it didn't seem like he was getting the respect from pitchers nor from umpires. So he's come out been a lot more aggressive, and the results have been a lot better. Yeah, uh, I mean it's it's there for for Yo. Um, obviously, as you can see, when when Yo when Yo puts the bat on the ball, it does great things. I mean, period. This man is very strong. Uh, he has a knack to he has a knack to when he puts the ball played for it to fall in somewhere or or be a line shot at somebody. Uh, the key to that is, I mean, through his career, he's always had a. a you know, some strikeout numbers in his career. That doesn't have to mean that you're a strikeout guy. It's just part of the game. And, and when they pitch you tough, it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. He's got he's got power, too. So uh, they they sometimes they go hand-in-hand. Power and strikeouts go hand-in-hand. But it doesn't have to with him because he does have such a great eye. And you look back at a guy that we had, you know, I only had for one year when I first got here was, was Adam Dunn. Dunner, Dunner had a great eye. He had a, a ton of juice and he could hit the ball out of the ballpark. But he had just as good an eye. And and there's certain pitches that they recognize out of the hand as a ball, or not not nothing that they want to swing at, and make it call for a strike, which puts them down in the count. Now you know, call, albeit you know you call it fair or not fair, and I always mess with Cooper about this. Why is it three three strikes to four balls? You know, right? But, uh, <laughs> the pitcher and the hitting coach. I want yeah. to be in the middle of that one. Yeah, I said, well, it'll be four and four. I'll just give us our four, right. you know. Um, but, you know, obviously the, the batting average and, and, and uh, things go uh, go down once you get, get down in the count. And uh, everybody in baseball pretty much is going to get into a two-strike count, rough, roughly about 45% of their bats, regardless of who you are. So you got to have an approach with two strikes and, and uh the ability to put the ball in play, obviously, before two strikes makes that a lot easier not to strike out. But how are you putting the ball in play? It's not just to do it so you don't strike out. And I think that's where his process is going to, I want to put the ball in play before I get to two strikes, but let me put it in play with, with some authority and, and the pitch I want to put in play. Matt and I will have you on again at some point when it's convenient for you to talk about the base on balls, a walk, and how it can be misinterpreted as an important stat when at times it is not. But that's a that's a whole show 
in the making down the line. Trick, thanks a lot for taking some time out today. We'll see you out at the ballpark. Take care. Absolutely. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Todd. Todd Steverson. It's his nickname, Trick. And uh, he uh, does a really fine job now. Uh, He was, you know, Todd was second-guessed a lot about being able to teach hitting. And then I had to remind a lot of people, give him some hitters to teach. Bring some guys along that can have the ability to hit more than 230 or 240 in the major leagues. And then let's see if some of his approach works because he, for a long time, he didn't have, uh, he didn't have people who could really hit in there. Now you're starting to see, you know, talents like Mankata, talents like Anderson, like Jimenez coming along. Now you can see the impact going down the line of a hitting coach. I love, uh, I love talking to a hitting coach. He'll let you inside and, and share some stuff with you. It's a very difficult role to analyze, uh, on a, on a, a large basis because it's about relationships. Usually it's not, like you said, it's not one unified philosophy that you make right. all these guys learn unless you're Walt Riniak. Right. And, I mean, those days are done. We can, we can just do a whole show on will the, are the Cubs responding to the same message from Anthony Iposi that was given to them by Chili Davis. Chili Davis last year. And the general, Consensus is yes. Yeah, and, well, and also Joe Madden very much in that mix now. He, he's involved, but I mean, it's the same exact philosophy that Chili Davis was trying to sell the team on last year. Right, uh, but there's a selflessness that goes along with situational hitting. By the way, on that note, the Cubs with runners on base, best OPS in baseball. So yeah. situational hitting has been much, much better oh, yeah. this year. I mean, uh, they, they lead the uh, National League in OPS. That, mm-hmm. that tells you a, a plenty there as well. We, uh, we have to take a little break here. We'll be back. We're going to talk a little bit about Ben Zobris. We're going to talk about the Cubs, White Sox, everything baseball. Vlad Guerrero Jr. in town talking about great young talents. We'll talk to Buck Martinez, the broadcaster from the Blue Jays, about that as well. By the way, Eloy Jimenez last night, two for five with a homer uh, at Charlotte. 670, the score is where you are. It's inside the clubhouse. He's Bruce Levine and Matt Spiegel. Back with more. Lots going on in this baseball city. It's inside the clubhouse on 670, the score. Got to talk with you, Bruce, about uh, Ivanova Nova giving up hard contact to anybody and everybody last night. He was well, in a charitable mood. <laughs> apparently. Danny Jansen, you get a home run. Who's Danny Jansen? I mean, look, uh, <laughs> you, you get, you know, you get what you, what you get on the marketplace. You weren't getting a 15-game winner. You're getting a guy that was a 500 pitcher that has uh, pitched a lot of innings for teams that uh, is a a definite positive in the clubhouse as far as dealing with his teammates. Great communicator. But, you know, again, just like the Irvin Santana experiment, uh, these are veteran pitchers that in some ways have had their better days elsewhere. Yeah, two years ago in Pittsburgh, Ray Searage and the Pirates had Ivan Nova rolling. Not so much anymore. But Lucas Giolito today for the White Sox. Reynaldo Lopez tomorrow right. for the White Sox. Dylan Cease pitched pretty well last night. Uh, six innings and eight strikeouts for Charlotte last night, throwing 98 right. pitches. One, one of his better starts, uh, the one before was a dud. Mm-hmm. But uh, again, progressing along and still on the same track of you know what Michael Kopech was uh, last year. Basically, you're, you're looking at a guy in July or August that's probably going to get a promotion. Well, it, the the big picture sees next year in the spring, both Cease and Kopech there 
expected to possibly make the rotation along with yeah, I mean, Lopez, so. along with Lopez and Giolito, you know, pro- and then pro- there's a free agent. Projecting uh, good luck for the White Sox is a very difficult thing to do when it comes to arms right now. Yeah, that is true. Uh, <clears throat> some of it's pie in the sky. Mm-hmm. So when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit, Matt, about Ben Zobris and the very many moving parts of this uh, situation that he is in, the team is in, and uh, trying to projected forward as well. It's Inside the Clubhouse. He's Bruce Levine and Matt Spiegel. We'll be back and do that on Inside the Clubhouse on the score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 